Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's up, everybody? It's Joe Lapuma. You're listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I am with my guys, Matt Welty. How's everyone doing? How you doing, buddy? And, of course, my man, full smile on his face, Brendan Dunn. From ear to ear. I'm happy to be yeah. here, as always. What's going on, guys? How's it been so far? How's the, how's the week been so far? I know it's uh, early in the week, but how are we doing? I'm t- I tell you what. I am doing a lot of digging. I am rediscovering old sneakers. Maybe you saw me tweet about it. I'm trying mm-hmm. to do some downsizing. I have to move in a couple weeks. So I'm really trying to get rid of around 250 pairs. So I'm putting stuff in different piles, things I want to drop off at Flight Club, maybe things I want to drop off for StockX, do a bunch of donations. And it's been a nostalgic journey for me. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you guys have your shoes arranged in your room or, or wherever you have them, you know, separate room, closet. But you put things in a corner and then years pass and you build up around that corner and there's something at the bottom of a stack behind yep. a couple of rows and you you totally forgot you spent money on that or why you spent money on that so it's been fun you know just just finding old things and then being like oh, yeah. oh remembering the circumstances under which I, I i bought them i got rid of like i want to say like 50 probably like 70 80 pairs like in when? the past few years just like i gave it all away it was just yeah. stuff that you know Asics and Reeboks that you got as like press gifts that you wore once and you're like, what am I going to do with these? You know, I remember we had that big like shoe drive at the office. And I think I dropped off like 30 pairs or something like that. It was just like, if I have an opportunity to do that, I just want to get rid Samaritan. of it. A good Samaritan. Get rid of Done. it. Any, any pairs that are on the cusp of parting with, but you just can't? Um, any that stick out to you? There have been some tough ones that I, that I decided to let, like the Camo Supreme Air Force Ones. Okay. Um, some random New Balances, West New Balance MT580. I just have a good memory of being at the launch party for that shoe when Raekwon performed. It was one of the first sneaker parties I went to in New York, I think back in 2012. Okay. What else have I been hesitant? Infrared Air Max 90s from 2010. I remember buying those on East Bay back then. Mm-hmm. Just just a lot of a lot of nostalgia stuff from the 2010s mostly. But also, you know, you, you find stuff and you're like, Why? Like yeah. I found four more pairs of Roshis that I never needed to own. <laughs> I think know? we all. I, Welty, did you ever have Roshis? I definitely had. Yeah, I had a, a I few. Had two pairs. I think okay. I had. Because um, there, Brennan, there was that first run of literal run of Roshis that came out, and that that was when it was more of like a word of mouth thing where you couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't get them. Yeah. And you heard about you saw people like post them on Tumblr and all that sort of stuff, and then I think. 
right after that, Nike did its first like real run of the shoes where you could actually go to Foot Locker and they had like a couple colorways. And I think I bought the crimson with the silver. Mm-hmm. That was like mm-hmm. one of the first ones that they dropped. And remember the Calypso Roshi, the Guana yep. Roshi. Listen, yep. no amount of revisionist history can erase the historical significance and the coolness of that shoe when it first. Of course, arrived. I had the easy colorway of the Roshi, the FB pair. Yeah, yes, yeah, that shoe sold out. I think it was like a foot action exclusive, and those those flipped. Um, I I remember when I got Roshis. The thing was, I wore them all summer without socks. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, no sock, no socks vibe. And then I made the mistake of buying after that. This was 20, 2013, I think, when I was like first like interning at at Complex, and I bought a mid top pair of Roshis. They did like a mid top, and that was I that was a regret. Actually, funny quick story. I got, I think I got roasted. It was, I think it was 2012 or must have been 2013. It was my birthday and I had gotten it as a gift. And you know how we always joke around where it's like someone gets hired at Complex and then a couple paychecks hit and they buy their first like Complex outfit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I showed up with like a Supreme camo five panel hat. I had like a brand new like Navy J Crew with like white dots, like button up, um, rolled up chinos in a pair of crimson roshis and that was like the fit and i remember walking in and gian was like oh now you fit in with everyone in the office (laughs) (laughs) yeah important solid fit back yeah it sounds like a solid fit back then i remember i got the nike the roche runs the nmsps and i thought those are one pair that i actually still have they're kind of like gray and black it's like that was the tech fleece ones right exactly that's what it was i still have those those are somewhere around here and i see those every now and then but yeah the easy the easy ones I i really thought i was doing it and i got two pairs and uh man just a moment in time and they really ruled what a year a year or two and and now they're looked back on i don't know if it's fair how the roche runs are looked back on good good tech fleece story that i heard through the through the grapevine is that uh brendan dunn showed up to his complex um interview in a pair of tech fleece shorts this that's not true i did show up in a pair of shorts but i never owned tech fleece shorts i did show up shout out to the no, okay. they were they were probably a Uniqlo short. Okay, I had heard that you had showed up in tech fleece shorts to your to your uh, to your complex interview, and the word that I had heard is like, "Oh, this guy gets the culture. We need to hire him." <laughs> How does a rumor like that get started? You know what? Put it in put it in my biography anyway. Yeah, that's a good. That's actually a, you showing up to your interview in tech fleece shorts. That's that's a W for you. It's going to be a big scene in the biopic. What's going on in sneaker news? I think the biggest thing, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, but now the Union Jordan 4s, they're getting seeded. We see a lot of on-foot pictures. And is the tide turning? The tide has completely, it completely about-faced. Wealthy is on. totally on board, which is the strangest part of it all. Wealthy is big hyped for the guava colorway of the Union Jordan 4. How did this happen? You know what? It, I, I'm not, I mean, I've always said it. I don't wear jordans but there's certain like i can look at it objectively but the certain jordans that i'll see that i'll like always tend to be something that's like a little bit outside of the like norm mm-hmm. for for what i remember liking the clot 13 no but like the clot 13 lows was like a jordan that i was like oh i like these and it doesn't really fit in with most like sneaker heads or whatever but i remember mm-hmm. 
the guava one to me was it's it's kind of it's kind of cool that pink shade i kind of like that the silhouette's a little lower because i'm not a big high top guy so i don't know you're not cutting the tongue open no when you put it in the slack that you were hyped on them i thought maybe you were trolling but it i thought this like... was a classic wealthy troll job no i'm not tr- i'm not trolling at all the thing i i kind of loved about it was is just how much vitriol there was for that shoe yes in the slack when it when it first dropped i, I mean not, not not here to call anyone out or anything they're just i didn't I think get the, it i think the the general consensus if we took a vote was negative towards the yeah. shoe right mm-hmm. i would say so and i was just surprised because i know how popular that shoe was going to be in the long run it's a union air jordan 4 of course once travis wears it it's going to get posted all over instagram we're going to post it all the time on the feed it's just Mm -hmm. like one of those no-brainer sort of situations so to see the negative reaction to it at first i was like you motherfuckers are going to love not you know what i mean not like are gonna love this shoe in three months and it's going to be in the top 10 it is yeah and then when the tongue the flip tongue came out. It seems like people warmed up to it a little bit more. And there were also some people in the Slack definitely still fighting. But I just kept putting that angle pick in the Slack. And with, the, with the tongue extended. And Joe yeah, would say t- nothing. He, you would say That's nothing. It. You would just post the pick and just drop it and walk off. I'm very happy that I was on record early uh, co-signing that I like the black, the black colorway. Jerry Lorenzo did it for me. Is, is Wealthy only caping so hard for the shoe in an attempt to fulfill his own prophecy that he put out there? Is he just trying to prove himself right? No, I, I, I really think that, not that it's like a personal favorite of mine or anything, but I do think seeing that Jerry Lorenzo pick, I thought he always does it right. Jerry, you have some amazing ankles, my guy. Um, <laughs> um, he, he wore it loose. He had one on each foot with his, with his feet crossed. With the, I think he might have sweats or shorts on or, or yep. something like that. And I joked around. He did around, the full fit. He did yeah. the full fit recently too. Oh, he like did. an hour ago. Yeah. And I joked. I was like, this is something that you would have worn in the eighties with a with a pair of swim trunks going to Muscle Beach, just like chilling out. It's like that sort of energy on it. I'm wondering what retailers are going to get these shoes. Are you starting to put the calls in, Joe? Well, it just seems like there's been some shipping delays and stuff lately, so I'm wondering uh, what is going to come about with these and if the shipments are going to be on time and exactly what retailers are getting what and how many pairs and what colorways and things like that, or if it's going to be super, super limited, kind of like the uh, off-white fours and some that we've seen I think this is better than better than the off white fours. I would I would say so too. I would say so too. Off white four. I think so. I think so. I think it's nicer to see a shoe that has just a little bit more of a colorway to it than kind of. It's more adventurous, definitely, and I do I do think it earns points for that for being more daring and taking more liberties with the silhouette. And they've been seeding with the um, local businesses, black owned businesses. It seems that. That was part of the seating program. The Chris Gibbs and Union picked, I think, five and got them involved. And that's how people around L.A. yesterday were getting seated. So that's definitely a cool twist as well. Yeah. And I, th- I think one of the nice things about this is that Union being like such a OG shop that even if you're not you know, an Air Jordan guy such as such as myself, you kind of it's it's easier to appreciate kind of the story behind it, the intent behind the design, the people working on it. 
mm-hmm. and no disrespect to Virgil or anything, but wearing a off-white sneaker kind of lumps you in with that like hype beast sort of crowd or like celebrity trying to wear the shoes NBA tunnel style. Whether you agree mm-hmm. with it or not, it's just kind of that's the vibe that that goes along with it. And with Union, you don't get lumped into that. So you kind of like, hey, I can wear this and not just be, you know, kind of prototypical. Less baggage involved. Yeah, 2020 hype sneakerhead. I guess. I, but if there was as many Union drops of Jordans and Nikes, would we be saying the same thing? I feel like everyone would be wearing it. It just seems like there's more off-whites. It's a difference in saturation. I don't think Chris Gibbs, and I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I, I don't imagine that he'd want his brand to be like that, you know? Who's going to be the first person in the tunnel with him? LeBron? In the bubble, I should say. Who's going to be the first person PJ? in the bubble? PJ? Think PJ has his pair yet? That, isn't that tough to, to call on that? Not saying that PJ doesn't have the connects, but it would feel like most of PJ's like sneaker flexes are things that he goes out of his way to acquire. I think we're going to see it in the next couple of days, someone for sure. I don't know. I, I, I've been trying them on on the GOAT app. I got the AR technology. You can just point it right down on your feet. And really? It's good enough for me. What is that? You haven't tried that out? No. If you open up the GOAT app, they have a handful of super hyped sneakers, really rare stuff that you can point the camera at your feet, and it looks like you have them on. They have Dior Jordan 1s on there, head no on Air Force No matter what like, pants you're ones. wearing and stuff? Joe, you can, you, can, you can work on the fit from the wow. comfort of your home without having to go camp out. Interesting. Union Union fours are better than Dior ones. That's another statement you said. You truly believe that? I think so. Do you think so? I like them more. Yes, I like them yeah. more. I don't know. I, I think better is preference, personal preference, but I like the Union fours better. And I, and I give the Union fours a, a tiny bit of a uh, step up on the off white fours. Granted, off white fours are predominantly like a quote-unquote off-white white color but uh and the black colorway of the union fours are more my speed so yeah i think wealthy i have to agree i think they're going to be on every top 10 list and they were so. universally hated it seemed and now little by little it's a, it's like a study in kind of the sneaker game we're in right now or, or where shoe leaks everyone is against it thinks it sucks, then little by little, better pitchers. Then the it's the cycle it, we see every time. It's a cycle we see every time, exactly. But I think it was because everyone had such high expectations for the shoe. And, I mean, I, I read about it for the website, but the way that Union operates to a certain extent is they're not going to do the obvious hype play on the sneaker. So, you know, the people that are just in it for, you know, hype, you know, means I don't think that on first examination that maybe even the union design would appeal to them until it kind of rubs off a little bit. I think that's kind of fair to say. Another thing we should talk about, how do we feel about the Yeezy preview over the weekend? Oh, that was a lot crazy. of sneakers. Crazy. A lot, a lot of sneakers. So, so I like cool. those D-Rose ones. I got to say, I know, I know the internet has plenty of jokes, but I appreciate how outlandish and bizarre that shoe looks. Yeah, it looks nuts. The wave, some new colors of the wave runners look good. I, I like the fact that you're seeing this almost like just like Pantone effect 
mm-hmm. on on the brand when he's doing like the circles and it's the same shoe just like and i know we all hate Different on shades, it yeah we all hate on it because you're like i can't tell this one from that one but when you see the overall body of it it mm-hmm. starts to make a lot of sense mm. the crop circles of yeezy sneakers laid out on the floor yeah, and he knows those pictures. He knows what he's doing with those pictures too. They're very cool for for an industry in a space that is so obsessed with sneaker picks. Those laying the sneakers out like that has kind of almost like mini revolutionized the design sneaker picks. And mm. and every time I saw someone put the Forbes the Forbes like cover story pick him in the middle of all the sneakers next to the recent Wyoming one and it looks pretty good. Yeah, and foreshadowing for this week, too, because you probably would have already seen it Ooh. already. We got Stephen Smith on full-size run, as people That's know. Right. Yeezy design director. We've been waiting for that one to happen for a while. We were actually supposed to have Stephen in the studio in March. He was going to fly out from Oregon or Wyoming. Right when COVID hit. Right when COVID hit, and it was still kind of on the edge of it, and he mm-hmm. was... I think he was like saying to me, he's like, you know, I'm right on the cusp of the age where I really have to worry about if I catch right. it, it's going to possibly be really negative for me. So I don't feel comfortable at the time. New York was the the epicenter mm-hmm. in the States of it. And he just didn't feel comfortable coming to Times Square. And, and it's a good thing because you had COVID. Yes. 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 <laughs> Worked out for yeah. the best. How yeah. the ta- yes. You guys taped it already? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's in the it's in the it's in the can. We nice. shot it on a Saturday afternoon all right a little dedication listen working on the weekend as usual huh (laughs) no surprise there all right let's get to it guys our guest on today's podcast quickly became a force in the boutique retail space when he joined boston-based concepts as a store manager in 2005 it's there that he would shape the shop into one of the most respected retailers in the country by continuously being forward-thinking and merging everything that was and is cool in streetwear and sneakers. After a decade of building Concepts Boston into the premier New England cool guy shop, he would eventually take on a creative directive role for Concepts and expand into New York City. And in between those years, there were plenty of highly coveted collaborations with brands like New Balance, Reebok, Nike, and Kyrie Irving, and a set of sneakers you may have heard of called the Nike Dunk SB Lobster Series. This week, he joins the Complex Sneakers podcast to talk about the brand's upcoming Lacoste collection. Please welcome our good friend, Dion Point. Wow, thank you for having me. That's amazing. You need to. I need to take you with me all the time, man. Let's do it. You got to show my family that so they actually, you know, can hear what I do for work because I don't just think put they it, understand. Just, just play it at Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be yeah, big. Yeah. How are yeah. you, Dion? I'm good, man. How you doing? Stash is looking good. I like it. Well, I mean, what do you expect? Nah, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, with you, I never know. You never know. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Joe, I kind of get it. You and Matt, it's like, a, you know, I never know what to expect. You know? Yeah. Yep. Oh. So let's get into it. I know you have, you know, limited time, a very busy week for you. Let's start early beginnings. I was going through your Instagram and I think you said, and we've all said that nothing will ever top this, but for you, I think kind of like the Air Max 90 infrared, wasn't that one of your standouts growing up? When did the first kind of infatuation with sneakers happen for you? Yeah. Oh, great question, man. I think, uh, you know, there's been a few, there's like cross trainer 91s and things like that. But for me, um, a lot of kids always are like, how do you get into design? And, and I want to be clear, I'm not a shoe designer. I 
I get to play with what people have, you know, brought to life. So I respect uh, everyone in their craft. But, uh, you know, when I get those kind of questions, I'm like, hey, well, here's where I like to set the standard and here's where I think the bar has been set. Uh, and when you can go back that far and, and kind of look at something that iconic and see that not much has really been able to uh, hold the test of time like something like that, I think that's a great referral point. So for me, that was one. Um, obviously, there's been a slew of Jordans, ton of Air Max trainers, maybe things that haven't resonated with today's audience. But uh, yeah, I mean, Bo Jackson's and things like that are obviously worth mentioning. It's just like, you know, tennis as a whole is uh, super iconic, even if it wasn't really... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't cross over just to cross training and tennis and such. So, uh, but for me, yeah, nineties Air Max ones, AJ ones, like that's that's really the top of the heap for me. How was a young Dion getting Air Max nineties? Like, what were what were those missions like for you? Oh man, I got stories for days. Uh, so the first actual shoe I was able to convince my mom to get was Air Jordan one um, in nineteen eighty five. Uh, yeah, I want to say 1985. Okay. I was I was uh, I was smaller than I am now, uh, which wasn't <laughs> much difference. Uh, but yeah, we took the train to Dorchester, about 40 minute train. Bought the Jordans back then. They were called Sky Jordans if you had a smaller yeah. foot. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sky Jordans and uh, yeah, just typical mom stuff. I didn't have a dad growing up, so just her. So she just kind of like beat it in my head the whole way home, like. Uh, you know, I can't believe you spent $40 for a pair of shoes. That's $20 each foot. Like, only a parent yeah. would kind of think like that. I'm like, what, are you, what does this even mean? I don't understand what you're saying. $20 per foot. Uh, so, yeah, that was my first uh, Air Jordan 1. And then we were pretty poor, so I didn't get another one till, till the 11. <laughs> so, quite, okay. quite a dark ages for me, uh, for sure. I had Adidas with four stripes and all that. So, uh, oh, yeah. man. Terrible, terrible. Dion, I think, you know, part of, part of your story, too, is, you know, you grew up in, in Brockton, Mass. is like a real, like, working class town. And you actually started off doing construction and all of that mm-hmm. before you got into concepts. Like, you just wanted to go there and work there because you were buying sneakers every week and they were holding you down. Like, how did you transition from being a blue collar guy, having a job like that to like this, like, cool guy sneaker space? Yeah, I was doing other things too, but that's a different episode. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, I was I was a big sneaker junkie uh, all through high school. That was kind of, uh, I guess, for me in that in that time frame. That was basically how you were kind of judged. It wasn't even clothes back then because they weren't as prominent as they are now. Labels and such, like there was, you know, hip hop brands and and I guess what was streetwear before it was streetwear, but it was really sneakers. Like that's where it started. So. Uh, yeah, when I started coming into a little money, uh, obviously I was working, doing construction as well. Like I just, I just was a sneaker hoarder. So, uh, they were holding me down quite a bit and I offered to work for free just so I could kind of jump the line. Uh, Spongy was taking care of me back then. Everything was good, but, uh, still wasn't enough. I was missing things cause I was only getting up there every couple of weeks. I was going to New York. I was trying to hit A-Life, trying to hit North uh, back then. Um, but that was obviously not as easy as going like once a week. That was every couple months or whatever. So I just kind of took the chance and uh, I believed in what I thought concepts could be. Uh, my boss at that time offered me like a salary cut, like literally in half. I, was, I had a kid on the way and I'm just like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a chance and see what happens. So uh, things worked out, thank God. I don't you recommend took, that. You took a half salary cut from, go, yeah, from going no to working construction to, to working in concepts. When was this? No benefits, no nothing. Um, I want to say early, two, maybe 2003, 2004, right around that time frame. You were just working on the floor as like a retail associate or what? 
I was I was stocking the shelf. I okay. was literally working for free just to be able okay. to buy shoes. I didn't care about the money. I didn't really need it. So I was stocking the shelf. Like, I didn't really come out on the floor. I was, like, memorizing SKUs and, and things like that. Just just being, like, a nerd, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, th- things I'm obviously a little bit distant from now, but uh, it was definitely fun back then. And I mean, this, was, I, this was in the old concepts, too, in, in the back of the... In the back of oh, the yeah. Tannery. Yeah. For mm-hmm. people people who don't know, it was, like, the tannery was kind of, like, a high-end footwear store in Boston selling Clarks and Gucci and, yeah. and, all, and all that sort of stuff in concepts which started in 96 was the like snowboarding or skate offshoot mm-hmm. in the back it just kind of had like limited edition before it was even limited edition you know yeah that's correct so we didn't have gucci and stuff then but we um we had clarks we had we had like some denim brands uh burton things like that and and to be perfectly honest i i knew nothing about skate or snow culture like it didn't exist in brockton we we're a city of like boxers, so unless you knew how to fight, that was pretty much the only sport that there was. Uh, in football, which I sucked at too, based on size. But yeah, so I mean, it, it was unique. It was like a mom and pop store, and then in the back we had, you know, like I remember first walking in, it was the Viotech Dunks, Year of the Horse, Air Force Ones, uh, Acorns, things like that, like just shit that you would go crazy for now. Uh, and I was at that time. I was like, "Oh my God, what is this store? Are these even real? Like, are they fake? Because how do, how are they getting them?" And uh, then they had this wall, this secret stash in the back that was just like, once you finally got in, you got to know them. That's when all the celebrities and athletes would come in and be like, "What do you got in the back?" It wasn't even like what was on display, and we would just kind of cherry pick. Who I was remember coming in at that. Yeah, who? What celebrities yeah. were coming in at that point? So we had a lot of uh, the players. I think the ones that stuck out the most to me was. Um, Who's Morpheus for Larry Fishburne? Uh, he okay. he bought Red Monkeys and he had like Vibram five finger shoes on and he was literally crawling. We let him in the back, like he was crawling over walls of shoes. Like, what's this? What's this? And <laughs> you I need was the Vibrams like, oh to do that, right? Yeah, Look. I was like, oh my god, it's Morpheus. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, you know, it was wild, man. Just just seeing that. But we we had uh, everybody all walks of life, and somehow it, it had like taken on its own like mystique and. People would come in and just want to see this like glorious wall, and it, and it essentially it was two, three walls stacked to the ceiling of just like cracked boxes that were all beat up. If you knew, you knew, but um, usually we could get through just the first uh, stage of the wall, and people would be happy. But really, as you got deeper and deeper, it was like when things got older. You know, it was just wild back then. Were you spending all your money on sneakers at that point? I know. So you took the pay cut. Or you work for free, or you know, and and then maybe you're making a little bit of money at Concepts. Were you just spending all that money back at Concepts? Joe knows where I was spending it. I was at the club. <laughs> <laughs> you were spending it on bottle service. You know, this guy is a legendary clubber, or it's was so now. Funny. Now he retired, but every single time I came in contact with this guy, he tried to get me out every <laughs> single time, and I've heard some stories about him. Yeah. Yeah, I've taken out some of your guests for sure and ruined their life in a, in a couple a uh, couple nights or so. I, I, mm-hmm. I think I think Dion, the like the kind of like sum it up. I think like the best snapshot is I think the mm-hmm. first time that we like met was when you when Concepts did the Asics uh, Boston Tea Party shoe, yeah. and you had like that pop up with the boat in it mm-hmm. in, um, mm-hmm. in New York and. I had to interview you like in the basement uh, of that building and you're sitting there with like, I think like sunglasses on. You're like, dude, Probably. I'm so fucking hung over right now. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I think the night, bo- the night before was the, the 10 year anniversary of the Bape store in, in mm-hmm. New York city, which was like an epic party. I think Travis Scott was like hanging from like a chandelier or something. Yeah, I think uh, he was. 
You got a better um, memory of it than me, but I think you're yeah. absolutely right. But I, I'm sitting there talking to you, and you're like, I had a fucking thousand dollars fall out of my pocket last night. I don't know what the yeah. hell's going on with my life. Yeah, that's me, man. Um, I do that quite often. So I've chilled out since then, thank God. So I'm, I'm focused a little bit more on work. Uh, one, of, one of the things, the turning point, actually, it wasn't a turning point, but I do recall being like mentioned in the um, like maybe top 100 sneaker people at one point a few years back. And everybody had like these like all praising accolades. And mine was like, Dion, the bottle popping club gun. And my boss was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't write this stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's, not, it's not false. So, I mean, yeah. I guess it is what it is. But I get work done in between. Absolutely. I want to talk about those early concepts days some more. Mm-hmm. I think one of the first sneakers that really put it on the map globally was the Lobster Dunk in 2008. Can you, can you talk about your memories of that shoe, the Nike SB Dunk Lobster, the red one with the rubber band around it, how big that was for the store and you personally? Yeah, so we had a great relationship with SB. Um, if, if I could, I'll go back a little further. Prior to my arrival, uh, they secured you know, one of the first accounts in, in the world. Uh, and, and I believe we established uh, the other day we were talking about, we were the very first SB account only because uh, I think alphabetically, being that we started with a C, we were shipped You were the first, first so, SB account ever? Well, so here's how it works. And I want to be clear so we're not like mm. ruffling feathers here. So you had like Supreme and a couple of those guys. But um, because we were a C, we were first in the alphabet. We actually technically got shipped first in the system. Got so it. we're technically classified as the first account to receive their shipment. But we were um, alongside maybe four or five guys, maybe a little bit more at that time. I'm not really sure. And this is like, you know, this is what I hear from the OGs prior to, prior to me being there. So mm. we knew that was in place. Uh, we, we thought it was a good time to pitch a shoe. Um, they didn't necessarily say we could. So we kind of brainstormed, came up with a few ideas. One was based on like skating, like Brooklyn Banks and a couple of things like that. And uh, Rob had come up, you know, Hepler, weirdo, man. He came up mm. with the idea to do the lobster. It's my boy, but he's definitely tapped. So so I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, for sure. Uh, Staple, I'd had like the pigeon thing going on. I didn't get the correlation. I don't eat seafood. So I was just like, no, super bummed on it. He like drew it on like with crayons and shit. It was just awful. And uh, we sent it over. They were like, all right, kind of refine it, figure it out. We added the picnic print to it maybe brought it to life a little bit. We lost the claw that was essentially on the heel because I believe mm-hmm. it was too close to like what Jeff had did. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, they were like, yeah, green light. And I was like, what? Like, you cool. know, I was like, I was so bummed, man, because I, I didn't see this being like a thing. You didn't and, want uh, the shoe to happen? No, man, fuck no. Mm-hmm. A the lobster? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that is for you guys. I don't eat seafood, but it was just like a bottom feeding, like crustacean. Like, I, I just wanted nothing to do with it. Um, but once it was in motion, I had to be part of the team. And obviously, I added a little bit to it with, with the guys that we had there. And, and we kind of, you know, like I said, we restructured it a little bit and, and, it, and it worked out. So as soon as we sent that over, I started working on the Blue Lobster. Rob had went on to go do like some wild stuff mm-hmm. and, um, you know, conquer the world. And I was just like, I think we could do something more than just this red one. And that's when the storytelling really started coming to life. Like I had worked with the agency trying to figure out the packaging because we wanted to be one of the first to market with like packaging and storytelling. And I had did the Blue Lobster simultaneously and they were like, no, absolutely not. You'd be lucky to get the red one. Um, you know, I had people over there that spoke pretty bluntly. Uh, they were homies. So we were happy to do the red. Obviously, it took off. I didn't even get a pair because it was so busy that day. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, now looking at like what it's become and having this array of colors and sought after, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to see. How many lobster samples has the public not seen? Have they seen them all? So I wanted to, sh- I don't, so they're doing construction upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully one day I can show them because um, <laughs> I was going to bring some down, but I think there's, uh, there's over 10 for sure. I can wow. say that. Yeah. And um, I don't know what the future holds uh, with that, like, franchise, if you want to call it. But um, I know the everybody keeps asking me for orange. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, orange. I don't even know where that came from. Maybe it's, like, the one primary color we miss. But uh, everybody's asked for orange all the time. Uh, even so much so it drowns out, like, the shit that we're doing now. <laughs> like, yo, chill. Yeah. We have yeah. this other shoe to sell. Like, yeah. we'll get to that when we get to it. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of cool because if you – I mean, I know entirely too much about lobster, but uh, – Depending on like the depth of the sea, uh, they can essentially be any color. So there's really no restrictions there. It's just the ones you see when people find it in Maine, like one of a hundred million, uh, are just the ones that people get. And I, I, I've also heard that, or read rather, that they don't die. They just die because they get eaten. So they can essentially grow to have a long life. There's probably some like Sharknado shit happening under the sea that we don't know about, <laughs> I'm sure. You know, the lobsters turned out to have a really good storytelling aspect to it. As someone who was there for the silver box era, the pink box era, how are you feeling about the Nike SB Dunk craze now and the storytelling that's going on and the, I mean, just the crazy hype behind some of the recent releases, the Grateful Deads and the Ben and Jerry's and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I love to see it. I, I honestly didn't think it would come around that fast because I feel mm-hmm. like the uh, the lonely time was a, a little bit shorter than I think anybody would have anticipated. Uh, you know, there's, I see a ton of comments online about who or why, if it was like Wale, if it's Trav mm-hmm. and all these guys. I think it's just like, you know, a, a, a group of unique individuals that just kind of live through it and are like, hey, this is, we were there for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's unique to see. Um, definitely the pricing of stuff is like just insanity. I don't know mm-hmm. who's like spiking prices or doing that. I can't say I'm like, too happy to see that just because some of it's a little far-fetched but uh, but you yeah, have all that yellow- old stuff right you could you could sell it if you want so we don't have any red we absolutely don't have any blue no um, you personally oh me uh so i don't have the red i don't have the red i always like okay. try to track a pair down i have my yellows which i get like obscene offers for all the time i'm mm-hmm. actually uh while we're on the subject because i see a lot of yellows floating around i imagine there's quite a few fakes because um okay. i got confirmation the other day just in case we talked about it we had 27 exact, uh, minus the pairs that went to a couple sales staff and some skaters. So I, as a whole, I'd say there's 36 total. Oh. We had 27. I can account for, I think, the final four that are left. One of them's mine, size nine, and then we have three others. Uh, so anybody that's like, I would just be very wary of uh, purchasing uh, a yellow because they're really that extinct. They're just very... De- and, they, and I know... Never released friends and family. Guys only. Like, I know all the other guys that wore them, skated them, that mm-hmm. dogged up. My boss went through three pairs, so you know. Oh, while we're on the subject, I don't own concepts, so can you please make sure to let everybody know that uh, I just work there. It's, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I often get um, bombarded with like you name it questions, you know, shipping information, asking for holes. So yeah, I, I just work there. Customer service type you, you, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you give all the credit to Tarek on that one, right? Yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely. So, so never uh, a co-owner though. No, no. Okay. okay. No, not even a percentage. <laughs> How about that. Okay. 
So I stay off social media a lot because of that, because I get bombarded with just weird, really odd stuff. I want to talk more about the launch for those. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Lobsters back in the day. Mm -hmm. How crazy was it? 2008, the red pair. 2009, the blue pair. On the actual day, with people camped up. Like, were were there crazy things happening outside the store? Yeah. So red was red was a little bit um, caught us off guard. I think it was too fast for me to remember much. Like I said, I had a pair put on a hold aside for me, and I just forgot about it because it was so busy. We ended up selling them. Uh, So that was a little crazy. I think a few hundred kids. But blue is when I really was like, wow, the sneaker thing's huge. It was like six, seven hundred kids. Uh, It was like six days long. You know, you go to work and you're just literally walking past people like they're your neighbors. You know what I mean? Dudes are changing outfits. They were renting hotel rooms and, you know, sharing, you know, not sharing sharing the shower, but taking turns, I would imagine. Uh, You know, changing their kit, whatever, coming back, waiting in line. Uh, Yeah, one kid I know got like, I think he he uh, was like making out with a girl or something in line, and thought he was gonna get busy. She took him around the corner, robbed him, maced him, took all wow. his stuff, and he wanted a free pair from us. I'm like, bro, you're on your own. Um, that's just, no shoes that's for just, him. No blue lobster SB dunks. I think he got him, but uh, he had to come back. You know, like I didn't want to be held accountable for anything like that. Right. Um, sure. Another kid, like I always tell the story. His girlfriend uh, got into an accident in California fractured her pelvis he flew home they held him down in line he came back a couple of days later still got his pair i mean it was just it was just wild back then i don't think that kind of thing exists anymore like once you're not there you're probably getting ejected but uh yeah and then we were we were told we were gifted the yellow lobster the day before we were told not to um to show them and of course Tarek showed up with them on and just like you know just caused a frenzy people didn't even want the blue one they're literally waiting in line six days now they want the yellow and it was kind of before, I think, social media and all that. So it was live on, like, YouTube and such, but it was just a frenzy. And trying to get people back in line in their place, like... And yeah. didn't the promo get kind of out of control because you told this story yeah. about this dangerous creature, the blue lobster, and people thought it was real, that they were really terrorizing beaches in New England? 
<laughs> yeah, so my man um Chad, he's like an he's a friend of us. He he was telling us about Twitter at the time. He's like, Twitter's gonna be this thing, it's big. Mm. So we utilize it to create this story. Um, we put up signs everywhere and we had these fake videos of dogs getting attacked and a beached whale that looked like it was eaten by a shark, but we said it was blue lobsters. And um, yeah, it got so bad that the mayor called and was just like, what the fuck are you guys doing down there? Like, I'm getting calls. And obviously we don't want that kind of attention. So mm-hmm. um, we did our best to kind of just like uh, leave it alone. But I think it took on a, a life of its own. And it was just like, it's just this wild thing. So people were genuinely scared that blue lobsters were a thing. Um, which is pretty funny now if you think about it. But did the mayor get a pair? Be- no, <laughs> no. We, we, yeah, we we keep our distance when we can. Uh, we pay enough of his cops for detail, though, so you know, I'm sure he's happy. <laughs> Dion, I know, I know you kind of have like a humorous take too on kind of kids camping out in like hype beasts and resellers. I know we had spoken about the Asics shoe. You you made a joke that. You wanted you wanted to hit up Lipton and fill up the store with with tea, and put sharks in the tea and have the kids have to swim through it to get the sneakers at 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 the end. I mean, how you got do you, a good how, memory, man. You got a good yeah. memory, man. How, how, um. how do you de- how do you deal with all like all that like like madness? Because I know that's not really like you know your forte of coming mm-hmm. from like old school sneakerhead. No, I mean, all jokes aside, though, I love it. I think the kids uh, in line, it's 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 different now. It's definitely more of like resellers and, and um, you know, crews that kind of mob up and, and pull up. But I mean, I think at one point there's something to be said for like the camaraderie amongst like people just hanging and, and, and talk. Like they genuinely wanted to wait in line. I know for like the first, I think it was the second Yeezy, we had a kid show up two weeks in advance. And I was like, dude, I literally let you get a pair when they drop if you go home because please don't start this. Like, to, It was that crazy, though, back then. Um, now, now it's a little different. I mean, I, you know, I side with the kids that really just genuinely want to get the shoes, uh, which, you know, is is very difficult. I, I don't make a, any uh, illusions of, of how difficult it is to get your hands on a good shoe now unless you're willing to wait outside for a day. And even then, uh, with the kids and the way they jump in line and do all this stuff, it's, it's very difficult. So, yeah, my heart goes out. But again, I'm just, I'm on the footwear side. I don't have anything to do with that process. Did you see this happening as crazy as it's got and the resale boom? Did you see that as your career was progressing? Did, could Not that could you have predicted this, but mm-hmm. was there a moment when you were like, this is going to change it forever? Not, not necessarily like a, a, a moment, but I watched it happen gradually. I mean, if you're looking at like just the, the hype releases over the years, like kids would wait in line get to the counter and then they'd literally be looking at their phone to see if the price dropped. And after waiting like four or five hours, kids would just be like, no, I'm good. I don't need them. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. This is when I worked in the store still, just like on the floor. And um, that kind of caught me a little off guard because I was like, wow, this is where we're losing like the love of footwear and it's becoming a business. And that was, uh, man, that probably happened maybe eight years ago or something along that. I don't know the timing exact, but it was it was quite a long time ago. And, and that was just like, you know, that's tough because mm-hmm. you understand as a business, I don't, I don't want these kids out there doing anything illegal. I, I prefer that they sell sneakers if that's the case. But uh, yeah, for the guys, the OGs and just like even people like ourselves, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. people say we have it easy. You can get shoes, but it's not that easy. Like I call around, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. I get you know tons of favors and I can't honor 
what I, you know, I just try to help out people the best I can. But I got a cherry pick, you know. I get like two favors a drop <laughs> for our stuff. <laughs> so sure. I can only imagine for, you know, some of the more hype releases. I don't even answer the phone. Do you ever feel guilty? Because sometimes I do when I think about the way that sneakers have progressed and the hype that we've created around it. Because I think all of us are responsible to some extent. Like we complain about the kids acting this way, but also this is the scene that we kind of gave them. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. I I mean, it's funny you, you mentioned that because I definitely feel like we helped create something. Uh, I don't know if like, you know, to Jay's point earlier, if we know that it was happening like quite so abruptly. But yeah, looking at it now, uh, it's fun, but it's definitely not the same. And I don't want to sound like an old guy, like, you know, whatever, right. I get it. Things things evolve and the business is like, I don't even know how many billion dollars a year, uh, let mm-hmm. alone the resale market. So yeah, I mean... I, I miss I miss certain aspects of it, but I understand like the the snowball effect, and it's too late to stop now. So, what do you miss? Uh, I just miss like people like looking out for one another. Like you're you're in, you know, you're in Japan, you're in New York. Yo, you need a pair. I got you. Like those things don't exist anymore. Now, if you're getting a Grateful Dead, you'd rather show off with five or six pairs of them than look out for like you, you know your homie, knowing that it would come back eventually. That that shit's just like I don't care what anybody says. Like. Unless you're an athlete or something to that effect, yeah, that's not possible anymore. Dion, one of the cool things that I think you guys tried to do and end up not happening was I think at Complex Con was it 2018, where you were going, where you were going to shock drop the lobster dunks. Was that what was going to happen? When you had like the lobster truck outside and everyone's I remember waiting. this. <laughs> and everyone's waiting for concepts to, to shut. Like, you suppose you could bought like a $200 There's lobster There's supposed roll. to be like a secret QR code. Yeah. He wouldn't give so, me any answers that weekend. I was hanging out by that lobster truck in the food area just waiting to buy a pair. Because, you know, you give me a couple of drinks, I get loose. So I'm like, you know. <laughs> so they don't tell me anything anymore. Um, yeah, we, we wanted things to line up. Unfortunately, like due to shipping and uh, manufacturing issues, we couldn't. So, so we had every intention on just doing the laces there. We thought it would be like a good precursor to what could happen. But um, I think like the rumor mill just started getting going and, uh, you know, it was just like it took on a life of its own. We couldn't stop it at that time. But it was part of the storytelling process, the billboards and such. We put the data, you know what I mean, on the billboards, but I don't think as many people saw them as we had hoped. So the lobster truck to most people like, oh, no, they're joking. They're going to do it here. But um we couldn't get things to line up. The only thing I could do is when I changed the color, we, excuse me, changed the color of the box. Uh, if you had sold the, what was it? If you sold the purple one, um, you know, you resold them, uh, you were kind of screwed. But if you kept them, uh, we we were like, go scan your box again a week later. And that locked you in to get the green as long as you oh, were available cool. in Boston or New York, which was something cool I thought. Um, that we did just for like the community that actually appreciated their shoes. So if, yeah, if you didn't resell them, um, you, you know, you could actually go and lock in the green one with no questions asked. That's funny. I remember though, being at complex con hassling the people at the lobster truck, because people were talking about how, Oh, concepts is going to surprise release the purple lobster dunks at this truck. And I was like, is there a $200 lobster roll I can buy anything like that? And the guy, the guy was, was not entertaining it. No, they were pretty pissed. They, I don't think they expected that. We didn't really tell them much. We're like, just give these laces out and, um, and this. And yeah, I think they were kind of bummed that people actually weren't there for the lobster roll. So. And you talk you know. about the boxes too. Wasn't there a moment after the purple lobster dunk where you guys were just selling the boxes? Was that an effort to thwart bots? I can't remember how exactly that happened. 
Yeah, so I'm big on the anti-reselling campaign. So I, uh, I like, kind of lead the charge on that because I just like to fuck with people. I'm kind of a troll at heart. So uh, for that, like I said, we, we changed the box on people, which a lot of people were trying to get their shoe back. Uh, they knew they screwed up. And then we had a bunch of boxes left over. We don't typically overproduce the boxes, but in that instance with the timing and everything, I think we were running some problems. So we want to make sure we had if anything that was damaged or like just messed up in shipping and transit. So we just put them up. We talked to legal, like, what can we do here? Uh, what do we have to list this as? So we just listed it as an empty box and they sold out in seconds. Uh, whether it was bots or not, uh, I think the unique part of it was nobody tried to return it or like complain, which I thought was really nuts because it was like a few hundred boxes, you know what I mean? Just selling sneaker um, boxes, not even selling sneakers. empty boxes. But part of me was like, it could be cool if you bought it at a, a like a, another shop and you just really wanted the box, which I mean, I wasn't sure if that was a thing or not, but. Like I said, we didn't get any uh, flack for that. So uh, maybe we'll do some more of that stuff in the future. I, so. I even saw some people upgrading their reselling with it where they had yeah. bought the regular pair, but they bought the box. But then if you have the regular pair in the special edition promo box that you guys sold, you can combine those and sell it on StockX for some exorbitant amount. What? Yeah. So what's y'all take on that? Because I saw like Chunky Donkeys particularly, like if it came in that box, the price was literally like, I'm, you're coming from a packaging guy. Like I love that stuff. I'm obviously proud of ourselves on being one of the top guys when it comes to packaging. But I thought it was insane to see the price skyrocket, like literally over just like a box. It's crazy. I think it's anything now that separates you from anything yeah. in terms of a hype shoe, the packaging. Oh, it's like everyone trying to one-up each other. Oh, well, I have the special box or I have the special <laughs> packaging. And that's what adds value to it for sure. It's wild. I know yeah. we got a we got a project coming up. Um, we got a project coming up. I got to be careful here at, um, for a holiday, and I think it's one of the best boxes we ever did. So nice. I'll be curious to see what people think of that. I mentioned at the top of the show how much mm-hmm. I've been digging through my shoes lately because I'm trying to get rid of stuff, and I, can I see, see so them many. Behind you, <laughs> I, I'm working on it. I see you see the money box. That's from the like a gel light. Yeah, that's fire. one of my favorites. What was the that? Cobra. That was in Miami, I think. The yeah. Cobra. Also, you guys had a big gel light five box from the Ember pairs. Wasn't there a, a fire that happened in the warehouse or something like that, and you had to scrap that release? Yeah. So people thought it was a joke. So uh, there was some like uh, something going on over in Asia where people are fighting. Uh, picketing and like just not I don't know what was happening but a few factories there was like some actual um, walkouts some protests and and some fires so A6 had hit us and said uh, hey the pair count we had is going to be substantially cut we couldn't save these amount of pairs so we I think we were scaled down to a few hundred and then um, we we had consistent floods in our Cambridge store just because the grates were so low. So we came in one day and the shoes were like flooded. But uh, those boxes are pretty sturdy. So it didn't leak through the box, uh, but it damaged the box. So we ended up, I think of that shoe, and it was actually called the Phoenix, which was really weird. Uh, it, it, I think we ended up doing like 270 pairs, which mm-hmm. is one of our lowest uh, pair counts ever. You ended up uh, working with Kyrie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And his his short stint in Boston, which I guess he wanted to get the fuck out. But <laughs> what what was that like? I know obviously you shot the sneaker shopping with with Joe there, and you gifted him the pair of lobster dunks. Mm-hmm. He he uh that was my first time meeting him uh, with Joe, and I remember we were looking at the cat, and 
he, I don't know if the camera was rolling or not, but he was just like, yo, what do you think about changing this? And I didn't have the heart to tell him, like, it was, it was done. It was baked. Like, it was good to go. Okay. <laughs> so when he said that, I was just like, oh, fuck. I don't know, man. I, I was like, yeah, I'm sure we could, you know, you're the boss. Like, I'm sure we could. I think it was something, uh, one face. of the accents or something. And I was just feeling my heart dropping, like, you know, because it was like, Joe's pretty cool in that situation because he's done so many of those. But for me, um, and having a shoe at stake, you know, with the guy that was shooting the sneaker shopping with. Um, yeah, I was just like, my heart was like, oh, God. But uh, everything ended up working out. We we actually kicked it um, Christmas Day. I was with his dad uh, at just this random bar in Boston, um, greatest bar. And, and he was like, Kai's coming over here after the game. And I remember it was Christmas Day. Like we had it. We had rented like a suite. We had a bunch of our staff there, and uh, man, he just came to this dive bar with his whole family, and we spent Christmas just just chilling with him, like crushing like Coors Lights or something. It was pretty funny. Uh, and then from there, <clears throat> obviously, we've done quite a bit of shoes with him. But yeah, he's awesome. I mean, I think he gives me my creative space, but uh, he absolutely is involved. You know what I mean? He has an opinion and a voice on everything we do. So sometimes he might be like, yo, uh, this is cool, but let's let's go this direction or something like that. Uh, I know this new one, uh, it's it's been like, yeah, we, we tried like three times. So hopefully we got it right. We'll see. I feel like that's one of the ways concepts leveled up in the past five years or so. But also it just got so global. You know, you open a store in New York, you even open a store in Dubai. What was that like going into that market? Oh, Dubai's dope, man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, you, I mean, you guys have been out there, right? Yeah. Oh, I have, yeah. they have. Yeah, oh, man. We get, well, I might have to take you clubbing after all. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dubai Dubai's amazing, man. Uh it, it's it's a really fun place. I think the uh, the the sneaker culture there is is still growing. So they're they're learning uh, much differently than maybe the U.S. just because of the lack of uh, opportunities there and such. So we were the first uh, tier zero or neighborhood account in that region. So it was good to kind of be able to bring that there and, and do some amazing things. But uh, yeah, you know, for for me. Uh, not much changes. It's just, you know, the opportunities grow and, and there's there's a lot more we can try to do with the brand. But um, I still look at it as we're just in the, you know, hold up and harvest square somewhere. But it's interesting, too, because the role of a sneaker store has changed so much in the past 10, 15 years where it has to be a brand now. You know, you reference it just now as a brand and you have to hire designers and things like that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at... Uh, I mean, I'm pretty close with all the guys. I mean, everybody from, you know, James to, you know, mm-hmm. I love Ronnie, uh, uh, Frank and all these guys, Joe and Derek and these guys, like, I've watched the way that they've kind of taken on a whole new life outside of just building stores. So for us, uh, we're pretty small. We have a very small crew, like microscopic size. So we're we're growing um, as we speak now. So we'll be looking to like take a lot more opportunities in regards to like, you know, becoming a brand, whether it be through apparel or storytelling and things like that. But um, yeah, I never would have imagined, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it would be like this. It was more back then, just like you were happy to get a collab and do some cool things. Now it's in everything you do from the staffing to the environment to the the scent and the music you play in the stores. It's pretty wild. Do you, do you have any crazy Tom Brady stories? I know you got it. <laughs> I know. I know you're like yeah. the biggest, biggest Tom Brady, New England Patriots fan, but you guys actually got to do that Under Armour Tom Brady release? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I've, all right, I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, they're telling me I'm going to meet him. I Again, I've, I've only been nervous twice in my life. Once was Jay-Z, the other was Tom Brady. Uh, 
you know, I, I met him. I expect him to come with an entourage. We were in a suite at the at Foxborough. It was like, uh, I think it was June. So it was pretty hot. And I kind of had my jokes ready and I was ready to kind of be like, <laughs> you know, overly confident, you know, just funny, um, you know, kind of hit him with some jabs and whatnot. And uh, he walked in and he just was, I just remember him being like, wow, we can't afford any AC in here. And I was like, holy shit, it's him. And, you know, this guy looks like he's 20. He's very tall. He's, you know, he just well put together and he just, man, he just kind of commanded the room. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't bounce back. And I'm really mm. usually quick. I'm very witty and, and on the fly all the time. So uh, he kind of threw some jokes out here and there. And I would just giggle, like very nervous, weird, like almost creepy. You know, I was like, oh, fuck, like stop doing it. So I was giving myself time to like get my breath and, and figure it out, kind of like a boxing match. And um, I just remember him you know, being like, where are you from? And I lived down the street from him at the time. Wow. And and it was my golden opportunity to be like, hey, dude, let me come over and watch the McGregor fight. Because yeah. it was going to be like McGregor. And instead, I I, I mumbled uh, Chelsea, which is like, I had an apartment uh, there at the time. Like, I was in between leases. And Chelsea's like a pretty grimy area. And he just yeah. looked at me like, oh, you know? Ah, <laughs> so, so then, I, you, you know, we got it. a little more time. Yeah, I blew it, for sure. So no barbecue at his house. No being yeah. just on the kids. So then, like, he's talking to some of the other guys. I'm like, you can recover. Just breathe. Calm down. Be yourself. And um, it was the day the eclipse happened. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember that. So he was like, yo, man, um, something, something. Did you see the eclipse? And, man, I just I just said, I said, you're my eclipse. And oh. I, uh, <laughs> man, I never. The heavenly I never, body in the sky. Yeah, converging I never, with you. It, it, yeah, it just it just didn't work. So, oh um, man, didn't land. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it for me, man. That's my Tom Brady story. So, um, yeah, they he's probably happy suite? that he's far away in Tampa. Not yeah. even. You you guys at at the concept store in Cambridge, you guys had that like VIP club in mm-hmm. in the basement. Like, what's like the like craziest things you've seen like go down there i'm sure it's a pretty like exclusive (laughs) exclusive exclusive clientele that get i know like wale shot a music video Mm -hmm. in 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 the basement for the chilling video with lady gaga yeah he did that's right yeah he did that uh you know we we would have sometimes we'd have the teams come and um like if a team was coming from out of town we put like a ufc fight on and you know things would happen down there it was pretty much like uh, lifts a seal type of thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had we we tried to bring Garnett down there a couple times. Uh, we so the the purpose of that was more so we could design clothing specifically for athletes and and celebrities and things like that. And they would have this cubby hole where we would keep their stuff. We tried it with KG. He was the first one. We had Double RL make him a pair of jeans, forty four inch inseam. Uh, they weren't too happy on that. They ended up being like 1200 bucks. Uh, we had Romanelli make them a couple jackets. We had Clarks make them some wallabies. Mm. And um, we realized very quickly it was expensive and it just wasn't going to work out. Like if the if the athlete, per se, someone of that size, didn't like the, the item, we were going to stop KG didn't like them. the stuff? He, he didn't like the wallabies because he was like, they were basketball. Uh, and he just thought they were too like Wu-Tang-ish for him. Come. And uh, then I think one of the jackets uh, didn't fit him right. So I think um, maybe actually Clark Kent or Everlast actually bought it. And then um, the jeans, I think 
he just wasn't into the fit or something to that effect. It was an odd time. Yeah, white tees were still the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted those. He was like, can you just make me like hundreds of custom white tees? So Frank Frank was there at the time with us. And he was like, what, what the fuck, man? What, how am I going to get all these white tees made in this size? And I'm like, I don't know, man. So um, very short-lived. So it became more of like a gentleman's club. Like we would go hang, talk shop. Like if you had like a... You know, a guy that worked at a dealership, a chef, athlete, everybody could kind of go down there and hang. But um, a lot of stories, nothing I could say on here, that's for sure. <laughs> Some debauchery? Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. And that, and, that, mean, and that was Uncut Gems era, KG. Big time, as well. big time. Yeah, wow. absolutely, you're right, man. He didn't, have the, he didn't have the stone on him, but yeah, pretty much all the same. <laughs> yeah, but he was great, man. I, he, he was like, he was like, super just chill like i remember the year that we won i was in his suite like uh his family was super nice and and i got to watch like every game like he was he was really chill but super quiet too like you know there was also uh, i think a an apartment above the new york city store that you guys used to Mm -hmm. hang out at is that right (laughs) yo what the fuck they're real look at these guys (laughs) in the feds bro yeah um yeah there was i mean it was upstairs downstairs i i lived at one oak when i was in new york i was going there <laughs> i was going there so much that uh with one of like my homies the security guy they finally asked they were like what's this kid's deal like what does he rap or something and he was they were he was like nah man he's oh he's working a sneaker store over he's the owner know, of the sneaker store yeah yeah, yeah probably exactly and um my homegirl sherry she was just like oh my god i didn't know what you know i was just there all the time um, I love New York and it's just so wild for me. Like it doesn't shut down like Boston did. So yeah, it was dangerous. We're lucky that we opened the store, put it that way. Uh, I was late the day of the opening. There was a huge line and I was like, I woke up not even remembering like what, where I was staying. So and there was like yeah, a like, riot that broke out in, in, front, of, in front of the store. I think mm-hmm. you guys like for the opening, you tried to restock like the pirate black Yeezys or, mm-hmm. or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, somehow it got leaked. I think there was one of the stories like during media day. Um, it was in a photo and yeah, we had like um, 500 kids or so. I think 11 cops showed up. We were like, hey man, there's nothing we could do. We had to close down. We relayed the message. Cops were like, get out of here. We went kind of had a couple of drinks, chilled. A few hours later, we came back and all the kids were still there. And I'm like, yo, there's literally nothing we could do. The cops shut it down. So um, yeah, quite a mess. New York gets rowdy real quick, you know? <laughs> Have you had to change how you operate to some extent? Because I, I hear some of these stories and it seems like in one era, Concepts was this old school sneaker store, a clubhouse to some extent. But I know now there's this corporate ownership and Zappos or Amazon at the top level kind of bought the business. So how much did that change how you personally have to operate? Yeah. So, I mean, when we when we discussed about Zappos, like investing in us and, and helping us grow, uh, it, it was a little wary at first because we didn't really understand like what the terms of like what that would look like. But um, they've been great, man. They're, they're like... They're super uh, lenient. Uh, they they just kind of we operate the same way. Nothing really has changed. Uh, the only the only stipulation uh, was was like chill on the uh, on the the Coca type of shoes and the eight ball. So no okay. more of that. <laughs> but outside of that, uh, yeah, they're like yo, do what you do, man. It's it's you know. It's cool. And, and and they've been really great. And obviously, we're trying to figure out the tech side of things. So everybody asks about raffle. Like, we're, we're heavily invested in trying to figure out what a raffle tool is and how we can kind of combat that. So 
Um, people of, always want to tell me how to do it and there's really no foolproof way. It's, it's very pricey and expensive. So we're trying to figure that part out, but we have a, a vested interest on both sides in getting that done. So from a tech standpoint, it's huge attribute to have them in our corner helping us out. Dion, I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, but the latest collaboration that's coming is the Lacoste collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, such a heritage, legacy, iconic brand. What's it like working with them? And what can you tell us about the collection that we may not have seen online? Cool, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, we, you know, we flew to France a while ago, um, just kind of discussed it. We've had a long lasting relationship with them. We sold Lacoste um, way back. Way, way back in the, in the old store. I know we did, uh, we launched the Stash collaboration with them. Uh, we've had some great highlights with them. So it was exciting to work with them. Um, but as big of a company as they are, they're, they're very conservative. So uh, we were trying to get creative in, in how we could bring it to life with challenging them as a partner, but also ensuring that the comfort level is there. So I, I think the reason why we kind of did like the iridescent was more like a, a retro future type of vibe, but more importantly, like, we thought it would be cool to to give the croc like a kind of a futuristic feel. So I think that was like how it looks on the outside in. But for us, like we know uh, iridescent has played a large role in something that we hold close to us, whether it be like Canada Goose collaborations and on shoes and things like that. So um, and it's and it's heavily used in furniture and like architecture and design these days. So it was cool for us. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a long time coming to get that approved because they're, they're very um they're very, you know, close to the icon. They protect it and it's coveted. So um, it took a little bit of um, them understanding what we were trying to do. But uh, we're we're super happy with the outcome. Uh, there's a few pieces we haven't shared yet. That mm-hmm. I, I know. I was bugging showing. you about the tracksuit, man. Yeah, I know you were. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, we got to get you sorted out, dude. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they uh, they'll be coming out. I think in the next couple of days or so. I don't, I don't, um, I'm not on the social side and marketing, but I, I believe they have a game plan that they're enrolling really soon. But there's a, there's one piece that I really love that hasn't shown yet, but I think it'll be uh, tomorrow, which I hope everybody's like pumped on. So like 2003, 2004, Dion, like what size mm. Lacoste polo were you wearing back then? Mm. Oh, 2X for sure. All my Gucci and all that stuff from then is 2X. You know, my mom the other day was like, what do you want to do with this stuff? I'm like, I have no idea. Maybe it'll come back and stop. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was insane. I have like 2X velour suits. Like, I was maybe 190. Take it to Dapper I was, Dan, have him cut it up for you. Yeah, I was 190 back then. So I was more like fighting weight. But um, <laughs> now I'm like 165. So there's no chance of hell of me ever like wearing that again. All my iceberg, Kuji, all that stuff literally could fit like a large man. So it's it's very awkward to see that. I used to do that. <laughs> It's a dark time for a lot of us, man. The uh, the fitted white sure. tee uh, era was was scary. I mean, so I don't make fun of kids at all for how they dress now or in the past like five years. Looking back that far too, I'm just trying to think of concepts, history, and all the people that have been through there. How much does that mean to you? And can you name some of the people who are kind of alum of of the shop? You know, guys like Frank the Butcher, who's at Reebok mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I mean, Frank, we're still we're still tight. He's doing amazing things over there, right? Uh, Rhett was probably uh, the the most impactful for me because he was around the longest and I learned the most from him. So Rhett uh, Richardson, he, he's isn't he quietly he, doing the shoes for Nike SB and Supreme right now? Or am I not allowed I have to no say idea. that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not allowed know. to say that. All right. You said, you said what you said. Um, yep. <laughs> no, Rhett, Rhett does a lot of things, man. He's uh he's got he's got a bunch of things going on. He's doing some cool shit with Greg Lucci, who's one of my mentors. So 
Um, yeah, we got those guys. And then alumni prior to my existence was like, you know, Vinnie Ponte uh, used to be uh, around the shop heavy. That's actually who we share the space with in New York. That's one of his properties. Um, you got guys like Eli Reed and... Um, you know, I know there was some a lot of pro skaters that used to go back there by there back in the day. So mm-hmm. uh, we still Rob Hepler, of course, re- we mentioned him at the time. Oh, mm-hmm. Dude, I call him the Lob Father, the yeah. Lob Father, Mister Lob himself. Le- legendary Spongy too might might oh be one God, of the mo- one of the most Thank iconic. You. I've heard about uh, this dude a lot, but so I don't know if I've ever met one, him. One small story is that at, this is like right around 06 when you guys were still mm-hmm. in the back of the tannery. And Spongy had left to open up Laced mm-hmm. in, in uh, what was it, Columbus? I forget where. It was down by uh, no, Bodega. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And he had, like, this was, like, that, like, peak, like, elitist, like, streetwear early on culture. And you had to get, like, rung into the, into the mm. store. Mm. And I ring into the store and I walk in and I'm wearing, like, a diamond, that, like, Megadeth t-shirt that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he checked you on it to see if you no, but it. I had <laughs> and but, three songs. But I know because yeah. he thought I he thought I bought it at Bodega. Okay, so he's like, "Where'd you buy that T-shirt?" And he was trying to get me to say Bodega to him, so he mm. could be like, yeah. "Fuck you, get out of my store." <laughs> and I had actually bought the T-shirt at Identity in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where he was like yeah. best for he was best friends with the guys who owned it. And then I'm like, That's "Oh, right. I bought it at Identity," and he ended up even working there. And he's like. Mm-hmm. Oh my bad, bro. I, I I didn't mean I didn't mean to say that to you like that. Yeah, he's wild. So it's funny that you brought him up. Um, in our next uh, in that big project I talked about for fall, he's an intricate part on in that. So uh, awesome. I worked closely with him on it. So it kind of came full circle. But uh, yeah, dude, he's the best. I mean, you know, he he's like uh, he's tough to describe. And I and it's funny because I didn't really know he was a fashion icon until like it was brought to my attention by other people. But I guess like he was wearing. I, so again, man, I'm not I'm not from the skate world. He's been rocking drawers like sweatsuits for the past like I don't even know as long as I've known him. And I and I and I didn't really know what drawers was. I was like, what what is this, man? It's talking like two X. So he's got his own thing, man. He, you know, he's 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 definitely like a fashion icon. So. Uh, I just chilled with him last week, actually. It was good to catch up and see him. But, um, yeah, he, you can't mention concepts without bringing him up. There's no way around it. Brendan, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll link you with him one of these days. You guys can talk obscure sneakers and all that. He's <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to, to it. Also, big shout-out to current Concepts employee, Annie, who always holds us down. Always. Oh, the out. best. The best. That's my homie right there. She's awesome. For sure. Before we go, when and where the Lacoste collection for the audience Oh, that's a great question. So um, it's going to be Friday. Friday for us in store and online. Um, Obviously, social distance and masks in the store, Mm -hmm. but uh, online is a little bit safer. So, And I think, uh, you know, they'll be unveiling, like I said, the the remainder of the collection in the next couple of days. So excited for that. Beautiful. Dion, anything you want to touch on before we go or you think we covered? You know, I know these guys pride at all your party, tried to get all the party stories yeah, we'll do that offline. No, I just have one question about for Brandon. Uh, and I noticed his last name is Dunn. So I'm wondering, like, why you just never combine them without, uh, like, Brandon or Brandon, like, just Brendan. <laughs> Has anybody ever asked you that? But, like, Brendan? Yeah. Yeah. Why um, would you not? 
It might, yeah, it may save me some time, and I only have so much of that in a day. So, you know, I'm a busy guy. I know I, I know. text you a lot, but I, other than yeah. that, I'm a busy guy. Oh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we talk about rap beef a lot. <laughs> uh, we go back and forth. Uh, Every Takashi69 Instagram story. Yeah, the guy with the gossip blog that always talks about rap beef. I always forward his stories to Brendan all the time. Brendan. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Yeah, man. Uh, no rap beef lately, though. It's pretty quiet in the streets. So, yeah. unfortunately, uh, it is. Well, Dion, thank you so much. Appreciate you joining. Always good to catch up with you, and hopefully we see you in Boston or in New York soon, man. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Same here, man. Thank you, guys. All right, Dion. Appreciate Take it. care, Take buddy, care, man. Be good. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.